0: Hello everyone and welcome to the CircuitPython Weekly for September 23rd, 2019. I'm Katni. I'm sponsored by Adafruit to work on CircuitPython. CircuitPython is a version of Python that is designed to run on microcontrollers, which are tiny computers. Um, we meet, uh, this, this is our community meeting, and we meet every week, typically on Mondays at Uh, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, Uh, we meet on Discord. Everyone is encouraged to join us, and if you want to, you can check out Discord at adafru.it slash Discord, and we are in the CircuitPython chat channel all week, Um, but during this meeting, we are in the CircuitPython voice channel. This meeting is recorded. We record both audio and uh, the Discord window, so we see the chat text as well. And so, if you are uh, not interested in um, your voice being recorded, please feel free to type out your uh, your your updates into the chat channel, and I will read them off. Um, we post this video on YouTube and uh, sometimes on Diode Zone and we also post it as a podcast so if you are more of a podcast person uh, check us out there and if you find that we are not on your favorite podcast service please let us know and we will try and get that taken care of circuit python development is sponsored by adafruit so please please support them by purchasing hardware at adafruit.com so this meeting is held in five parts. I keep forgetting we keep adding things. Um, First is community news, which is everything going on with Python on hardware in the community. Um, Second is the state of CircuitPython and the libraries, which is a statistical overview of the project to sort of give us a feel for the health of the project. Um, And uh, it's it's just numbers based and lets us know um, where everything is with uh, CircuitPython. Um, We talk about the core and the libraries separately there Uh, Then next is hug reports hug reports is a chance for you to call someone out for doing something good Uh, We do it in a round-robin style where I will start and then I will go down the list alphabetically skipping over people who are lurking Um, and then looping back to the top and coming down the list so everyone who wants to has a chance to talk um, and, uh, and go ahead and provide hug reports. Uh, the next section is status updates, which is the um, section where everybody takes a couple minutes to talk about what they've done in the last week and since the last meeting and what they're going to do uh, in the next week Uh, until the next meeting. And um, just take a few minutes, let us know what you're up to. It's also an opportunity for you to ask any quick questions and get tips and tricks from others on any issues you may be running into. And for any longer form discussion, uh, questions or discussions that you think are going to take um, quite a bit longer, uh, we have the in the weeds section. Uh, which I see someone has already posted an in the weeds question, Uh, that's excellent. If you have any in the weeds discussion topics, please post them into the chat channel while we are doing the meeting or add them to the notes doc which I linked to um, a little bit ago in the CircuitPython channel. That way we're not waiting uh, for people to come up with ideas um, at the end of the meeting and we can just go straight through and sort out um, what Everyone uh, wants to talk about and then uh, That is it. So that is how this meeting will go and with that I Will turn it over to Phil with community news Okay, thank you Katni Mm -hmm.
1: All right, I'm losing my voice a little bit folks, but it's for good reasons and I'll get to that shortly Um, the first up The latest version of iOS is out for phones, and we did a bunch of testing, so you can code and save and do things on your iPhone with CircuitPython, and that's pretty powerful. Towards the end of the month, when Apple updates iPads, you'll be able to do the same thing, and that is a really neat thing for schools that use iOS devices, or anyone who uses iOS devices, you'll be able to essentially use a USB drive, which is CircuitPython, um, to edit and save code. Um, the code editors probably get a, need to get updated so they're aware of that storage, but we show how to uh, copy the file and edit the file and bring it back over, and uh, we're also working on another uh, fun wireless thing. Um, you can check that out in our newsletter, and more. It's called Glider. Um More on that later. Next up, CircuitPython sneaks its way to the FT232H. We now have CircuitPython Blinkist support so you can control sensors, OLEDs, buttons, LEDs, and more via this cool little breakout we have, thanks to... Carter, who took on this project. And if you wanted to write code once and have it control hardware anywhere on Mac, PC, Linux, and more, this is the way to do it. We have a video demo. It's really powerful, um, and more ahead on that. Next up, Hackspace Magazine's out. And there's some really great articles, especially from some of the folks in the community. Sophie has a really good one on motorized wings for costuming. And then Ben, the editor-in-chief, has send data with IFSA and this set, control almost anything with Circuit Python. And uh, Hackspace is free, but you know, if you want to support a cool magazine, you could subscribe. Uh, subscribers get a Circuit Playground Express. Um, the PDF is free. And then um, I think they'll probably have easier ways in the future soon depending on what location you're at to get those. We're hanging out with the Magpie and Hackspace folks this week. So if there's anything I can post about that, um, I'll put it in either the newsletter or on our blog. Next up, um, this is like one of my favorite things here. Uh, The CircuitPython and MooBook is, uh, it was at an event in Tokyo and they have shirts, they have a booth, they have everything. So I'm putting all these photos in our newsletter. This is super neat. And uh, I wanna get some of these shirts. We're gonna try to stock the book right away and maybe even stock some of these shirts. So if you're interested in this, I think it's more of a collector's item unless you um, can read and, and uh, understand Japanese. But still, it's super cool. And this is the the iconography and the artist who did this, it's just like spot on for what we thought uh, we'd like to see with CircuitPython and, and Moo resources. Um, next up, this is new to us. Um, it's super cool. There's an introduction to CircuitPython class in Connecticut. Um, you can. If you're near Connecticut, it's a coding camp for kids, and they're teaching Circuit Python. So, the reason why I'm losing my voice is we had um, a bunch of visitors. Uh, it was Maker Faire time in New York, but there was no Maker Faire. So, some people st- still were around. So, on Friday, we had Salier. We're going to be posting up our interview with them. Really cool company. Um, goes through the history and some of the challenges they have and what the new stuff they're working on. And then um, on Saturday, some of the microbit folks were out, Raspberry Pi folks, Pimeroni folks, OKDoo folks. And then yesterday was um, Max Holiday's visit. And Max is the person who's putting Circuit Python in space. And you've probably seen our coverage of some of the things that Max has been up to, but it's a hour-ish conversation, mostly him and Lady Ada talking about all the good reasons that you'd want to use Python for things in space. Uh, his work at Stanford, um, he was uh, in an IoT competition. You can uh, see that. And then the SAM32 board, which is in circuitpython.org downloads. It looks like Stanford's using that a lot. And uh, just hearing someone who's helping hundreds, thousands of kids get spun up and the reasons why Python is so successful in that environment uh, was really neat. It's all the stuff that we were hoping that this would work out for. And uh... starting recording.
2: All right. Uh, thanks for joining us. This is the Adafruit CircuitPython Weekly for September 23rd. Uh, we're not going to start over. We had some technical difficulties. Uh, we are currently in the state of CircuitPython and the libraries. Um, hopefully, we have the recording from the earlier part, so we may be in two pieces. Um, hopefully this is the second piece to what you're listening to. And, uh, Katni, are you restarting? What's your deal? Did she already disappear? Um, okay. Uh, I will add time codes on my end as well. So state of circuit Python and the libraries, um, overall, uh, I guess this is the section where we take a statistical, like objective view of the health of the project. Um, and we can actually, because we have notes every week, we can actually go back and see over time how, how this kind of statistics point of view changes. Um, so first we cover the project overall. This is both the like core C parts of CircuitPython and the libraries that are all Python stuff. Uh, so in the last week, we had 35 pull requests merged from 12 different authors, which is awesome. Um, some folks that I don't recognize in, the, in this list are Fiona Wim, Uh, Dark Music, uh, Urish, I think has been there a couple times, but is there again. And the other folks are kind of regulars. So thank you to everybody who's been an author. We had seven reviewers as well. So thank you to our seven reviewers. Uh, Reviewing is a great way to get started if you're interested in contributing to CircuitPython. Uh, There are many uh, open pull requests for different sensors or different boards. Um, And the first thing that can be really helpful is just uh, try it. Try the new code and uh, let us know in the comments on the poll request whether, um, whether that works for you. That's a great place to start. The other thing we have is issues. We had 13 closed issues by 5 people and 10 opened by 7 people. So we are uh, net down 3, which is great, across the whole project. And uh, again, we had five people involved in closing and seven people op- involved in opening, which tends to be the case. More people open than close, uh, but that's OK. Um, those numbers are going up, so that's good Good news. OK, so that's uh, I guess I do summary of where we are overall. Um, overall in the projects, uh, we've had our first few 5.0 alphas out, and they're going really well. Um, And yeah, it's going really well. We'd love to hear more testing on it. Uh, We'll probably do another alpha. Uh, I've been working on doing kind of like circuit Python file editing as a Bluetooth service, and that's going to change kind of a bit of the BLE workflow and things, uh, or the the APIs. But uh, that should be really cool to get people started. And I'll go into that more details later. But uh, lots of cool things are happening. 5.0 is kind of early, um, but it's uh, going really well. So Thank you to everyone working on five Okay, let's talk about the core. Um, and Katney, let me know if you want to take back over. Either way is fine.
0: Um. Yeah, I should be I should be good to go at least to do the rest of the meeting once you're done with the core.
2: Okay, I'll do core. That's right. This is my section usually. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Uh, on the core side, we had fourteen pull requests merged from eight different authors. Uh, new names on here are Dark Music. Uh, pull requests to the core, so thank you to them. Uh, we had four reviewers, so thank thank you to all of our reviewers. We have seven open pull requests, which is actually pretty low for us, which is great. Uh, unfortunately, we now well, fortunately but unfortunately, uh, I think thank you to Summersoft. We now designate how long pull requests have been open, and our longest open pull request is almost a year. It's 342 days. Uh, So yeah, we should take a look at that and make sure that it's not too bad. Um, And then yeah, take a look at the notes if you're curious about like how long each of these pull requests have been opened. Issues wise, we had nine closed issues by four people and two opened by two people. So we're net down seven, which is awesome. For a total of 183 open issues, uh, linked in the notes to where you can see it, what all the issues are. Uh, we have seven active milestones. Uh, 4x bugs fixes has no open issues, which is great. Uh, nothing urgent. We had six issues that are not assigned to milestone, which is kind of like fluctuates with how well we are at grooming and designating issues. So we'll have to take a look at that. And then uh, we're not kind of in a like very issue-focused workflow right now, so we have a few open issues on 5x stuff, but nothing nothing super major. Uh, download stats by board. We have our stable release is 410, and we've had 9,231 downloads since the, the creation of the release. And then on the 5.0 Alpha 4 side, we've had uh, 1,460 downloads, which is really cool kind of looks like every board's getting about 12 downloads, which may actually just be like web scraping. So I don't know, that's kind of weird. <laughs> so who knows exactly how many people are using that. But uh, if you're feeling brave and you haven't tried 5.0, I recommend it. It's not super unstable. It just got some uh, extra goodies in it too. Uh, in the notes, we also have breakdown by uh, a The breakdown of UF2s by language. So take a look at that if you're curious how our language breakdown uh, sorts out. And with that, I'll kick it back to Katni.
0: Thanks, Scott. Mm -hmm. So uh, with the libraries, uh, this week we had 21 pull requests merged um, by seven authors. Fiona Wim is a name that I have not seen before. So, thank you to our new contributor and thank you to everyone else who has been contributing. And we have um, six reviewers. Uh, so, thank you to everyone who's been reviewing as well. We currently have 38 open pull requests. And again, thank you to SummerSoft for adding um, the number of days that things are open. Um, the core has us beat, but we are also looking at. Um, well over 250 days on a few. So uh, we definitely need to um, take a look at that and see what's going on with it. We also have some new PRs. So things that you are, um, if, you're, if you're interested in contributing, uh, check out the pull requests on the libraries. Um, they're a great way to start. Uh, you can, even if you don't know how to test it, you can still take a look at it and see if it looks right to you and just make a note that says you didn't test it and it looks right to you. Um, because that can even be helpful to us uh, as well. And if you want to test it and you don't know how, we do have a guide on using Git and GitHub and we are always available to help you do that. This is something we would love to have more people doing and we are perfectly happy to put in the effort to teach you how to do it. So definitely um, take a look at that or contact us, um, et cetera, if you want to get involved. Uh, Issues-wise, we had four issues closed by three people and eight opened by five people for a total of 148 open issues on the libraries across all of the repos. Um, and uh, for new libraries, we have one this week, uh, which is the ATECC. And updated libraries, I'm not going to count even uh, because we had a bunch. So I think this actually came out of um, the fact that I went through and did a sweep on Libraries that had uh, commits but no releases, and released a lot of libraries last week. Um, so all of the ones that I touched got updated. But I also know that there's a lot of other stuff that other people have added, as well. Um, so thank you to everyone who's been contributing to the libraries. And that is the state of Circuit Python and the libraries. Uh, next up is Hug Reports. Hug Reports is a chance for you to call someone out for doing something good. Um, Like I said, uh, it's done in a round-robin style where I will start and then we will go down the list alphabetically, skipping over people who are lurking. If you, um, even if you are lurking, if you have hug reports and you want me to read them off, please put them in the notes. And if you're going to be missing the meeting, you can add your notes anytime uh, after we post the, link to the notes document and uh, we'll read them off as we go. And there's a few people who have done that. So I will read them off um, where they would fit in the list alphabetically. And that is how Hug Reports <clears throat> will work. So I will get started. Um, first, I want to give a hug to Summersoft for Adabot and circuitpython.org work. Um, we're still working on updating uh, the circuitpython.org slash library slash contributing page. And it's been a lot of steps to get that going. Um, and I really appreciate all the work Summersoft is putting in. Same to Justin Cooper um, for uh, all the updates and PR reviews on uh, the work that SummerSoft has been doing that I've been helping with. Um, Thanks to Roy for helping me inventory my hardware and in doing so finding some lib errors I made a long time ago and then submitting the fixes. Uh, Big hug report to community moderators on Discord for being amazing, for stepping in where needed and continuing to keep our community a wonderful place to be we don't run into a lot of issues but when we do um there's always quick response and very well formulated responses and things are handled very well uh, and i really appreciate um being able to leave for a weekend and come back and um having uh having everything be great so uh, thank you for that and a group hug to the whole community thanks for um being a fantastic group of people, um, and so we have a lurker. And so next up is Maker Melissa.
3: Hello. Okay. I uh, just wanted to give a hug report to you, Kenny for reviewing a bunch of PRs that I put out right away. Um, I guess it's a group hug, like everyone.
0: All right. Excellent. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Mike. Mike is lurking. And so next up
4: is Entol. I hope you can hear me. Um, I can. Ah, fantastic. Computers that actually work. Now there's a thing. Um, oh. <laughs> so uh, I have uh, three hug reports. Uh, first one for Make maker Melissa for the wonderful write-up of the SECUP tool that I authored. Uh, some really great suggestions and bug reports. Uh, Tammy makes things as well um, for volunteering to help not reinvent the wheel. Thank you very much. Uh, that was done on the Discord channel. I'm looking forward to working with you. And Phil and uh, and Limor, uh for some clarity when it comes to uh, um, handling modules that uh, are white code compiled already rather than just plain Python. Awesome. That's it. Thank you.
0: All right. Thank you very much. Next up is sedacious.
5: Howdy. Uh, so I wanted to send a uh, shout slash hug to JP, John Park, for um, inspiring me, giving me a chance to uh, play around with the TLV493D sensor that uh, Katni made to just really get a feel for like how it senses the magnetic fields and like what it feels like to actually work with it, um, and tie that into um servos to make it really kind of tactile and really fun. It was a fun little project uh, working on that with him. Um, and then also uh, big props to Cater Carter, the man of many names, uh, for adding support to uh, Blinka for the FT232H, which if you don't know, it's a it's basically a USB to GPIO breakout um, made by um, the FTBI, I think. Um, and basically what he's done, is super cool. I'm, I'm gonna steal the show here. He has made it so that you can use CircuitPython Python with your computer. It's really cool. It's gonna change a lot of stuff. I think we're gonna see a lot of more stuff coming out in in this kind of direction, but like I I can I can plug sensors into my computer and it just works. It's amazing. anyways, Good job, Carter. Um, that's that's really cool. Um, next up to Scott Tanute for um, making a lot of cool progress on the initial kind of prototype of uh, Glider, the uh, BLE circuit Python editor thing. Um, That's going to be really cool to see how that goes. That's it for me.
0: Thanks. All right, so I have some uh, notes in the doc. Uh, So Somersoft, who's not in the meeting, uh, has a hug report for Katney and JW Cooper for PR reviews and a group hug. And Tammy makes things, who won't be able to make the chat this week because of a work conflict, uh, gives a hug to the whole community for being awesome, and to Endol for the Circup tool, which I am looking forward to contributing to instead of having to reinvent the wheel. And next up is Scott.
2: Hello. Okay, first and foremost, thank you to Lady Ada. She's been doing, well, she always does, but continued to do a bunch of reviews for folks this week. Really appreciate that. Uh, Shout out to Eric Trout, who works at Microsoft and created PyWrite. I think I mentioned it last week, but it's a TypeScript library that does both Python source code parsing and analysis, uh, static type analysis, which is... Super cool, and I got it running on phones in React Native last week, so a huge, huge boost of things I don't have to do. Um, So I'm really, really excited about that. Um, Will be some really cool editing things uh, coming down the pike. Uh, Thank you to uh, Phil and Lamore for the glider name. Uh, I had called it Ka and wasn't really liking it, and they came up with glider after the flying snakes. Um, so we're going to have some cool logos and animations for sending files back and forth. So looking forward to that. Uh, shout out to uh, Anicdata and Doc Mallow for their continued work on the ESP32 spy library and adding more stuff there. Um, thank you to uh, Urish for uh, SSD 1608 fix, which is an E-Ink IC um, just to, not bit packing correctly, sort of thing that they fixed So really appreciate that. Uh, thank you to Katney and Roy for uh, the README fixes. Um, I merged those in last night. They found those are in inventory. That's cool. And then lastly, I uh, just saw this, but it's really cool. Uh, Summer software. The continued work on AdaBot and getting the how long have these PRs been open? Statistics uh, right in front of our face, so that we can't uh, can't ignore it anymore. So, really appreciate that. Thank you to Summersoft for it.
0: All right, excellent. Thanks, Scott. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up is TG Techie. Hello. Hello. Hi.
6: Um, I just wanted to give a it- Hug to the community as always for being awesome and working on an awesome project. And a uh, thank you to Cascades who sent me a little um, screen that works with Circle python so I can try it out before using it in my project.
0: Excellent. All right. Anic data is lurking, so next up is Brent.
7: Hello, um, a hug report to Anik Data. Who is lurking for uh, ESP32 spy work? For uh, specifically for the analog I/O work, it's going to be great to use that to read battery levels of sensors and hopefully other things that will kind of offload the processing from the uh, main microcontroller. Um, and then for Scott, for CircuitPython at work, I got an iPad like this weekend for reading a lot of papers, and it's going to be fun to CircuitPython on the go.
0: All right, thank you. Next up is Carter. Yeah, mic check. You are sounding good.
8: Cool, excellent. No chipmunks. Um, yeah, group hug to Sedacious and Lady Ada for actually testing the FT230 HPR on Mac and Windows. I'm Linux only, so they were able to test it on those other two platforms. Sedacious for Mac, and I think Lady Ada had the least fun one of Windows. But they both tested it and got it working so we could get that out. So thanks for that. That's all I got.
0: All right. Excellent. Grover is lurking. So next up is Dan.
9: Hello there. So uh, We were on vacation from uh, the previous Wednesday through this last Thursday. So I wasn't around last week and haven't done a lot of work since then. But I would like to thank Scott for showing us around. Visited. We were in Seattle. And uh, for part of this vacation, and Scott uh, showed us around his neighborhood and we went out to eat. So locks, saw a seabird catch a fish out of the water and and, uh, drag it away in midair, which was quite spectacular. Um, That was a great time. And then uh, since then, Scott's been working on the Glider editor app, which he'll tell you about more later, and some BLE changes needed to make it work and that stuff really looks great. He's he's having a great time doing that. And it's really obvious. And uh, I'll repeat um, the FT232H Blinka implementation. Thanks to Carter and Maker Melissa for that. I am was planning to do something similar in Arduino, something we might call US Blinka, so that you don't need the specialized hardware. But this is a great project for getting that st- for doing the same thing with an existing piece of hardware already okay
0: all right thanks dan next up is dave brachetti hello
8: everybody thanks to the 12 people who added their info to the CircuitPython community members directory uh it's really interesting to learn more about the very interesting people who are here
0: all right thanks next up is Deshipu.
10: Okay, so I would like to thank uh, Christian Walter, who's uh, uh, really working a lot on the Pew Pew devices. He has written a whole new tutorial and also translated a lot of the, docu- the, the documentation into German. And he helped. Well, he helped. He basically ran the workshops on the Flick the World uh, festival, and he's going to do some. Hacking on, on things uh, on pupils Pew uh, on the upcoming uh, uh, meetup as well. So, really, really great work on, on his side. Oh, and his, he has made his own version of the PewPew Pew device, which is a shield for the Pico, uh, Tiny Pico uh, device, the ESPDT2. So, that's also <clears throat> super cool and the second person i would uh, like to uh, thank is uh, james Wooten, who go- goes on twitter as as quantum G- quantum dream <clears throat> he's a professor at ibm who's uh, uh, working with ca- quantum computers and he's using pupils Pew to teach about quantum computing concepts on uh, uh for, for for the students he has parted supported a part of the Qiskit library, a library that IBM uses for quantum computing, to PewPew, Pew, a very small one, a very small uh, part of it that only handles two qubits at a time because of the limitations of the hardware. And uh, we've been using it at a hackathon and it's great fun. So, So that's it.
0: All right, excellent. Don K is working, so next up is Higher Effect.
11: Hi, hey, can you hear me okay? Mm
0: hmm.
11: Okay. As usual, to um, Lady Ada and uh, Scott for their uh, work on helping my family do PRs go through. Um, and then an extra thank you to Jeff Epler this week for tracking down a um, uh, Find bugs that I've been trying to, trying to figure out what the heck
0: was All right. So Jason P is lurking, but has put a hug part in the notes. And that is thank you to Scott for the deep dive into the display IO weeds last week. Next up is Jerry.
8: Hi. It's uh, so a group hug to everybody, and uh, special thanks to. Scott Tenute, um and, and all the moderators who joined in to rescue me in, a, in a, what would turn out to be a particularly difficult um, moderator issue. I appreciated the, the support. All right. Thank you.
10: Excellent.
0: So that is hug reports. Um, next up is status updates. Status updates is a chance for everyone to discuss what it is that they have been up to over the last week and what it is they will be doing over the next week. Um, It's an opportunity for all of us to sync up not only with each other within the project, but with the community to know what everyone is up to. Um, So take a couple minutes, talk about what you're doing or what you have been doing. Um, It doesn't have to be CircuitPython related. We love to know whatever you're working on. Um, I will start. We will go in around robin just like Hug Reports. Um, there are a few notes in the document for people who are missing the meeting. I will read those off as we go. So with that I will get started. Last week I uh, completed the Halloween M4 guide and everything that goes with that, including the most complicated fritzing I've ever done, um, but that looks good and is out. Started fixing up some libraries that were created uh, pre-cookie cutter that don't have some information that Circup, the CircuitPython updater tool requires. So I started going through those to make sure that um, all the libraries work with that. Uh, I worked through some circuitpython.org updates with SummerSoft and Justin. Um, We're still trying to sort out getting the slash library slash contributing page updated daily so that it is a better resource. And um, it's, taking um, extra steps because we're learning as we go. So we're still working through that. Um, I went through all of my breakouts this weekend to uh, work up a second set of them and found some minor bugs in a few libraries that I introduced uh, by using the same setup.py for multiple libs and apparently not updating the GitHub URL from the original setup.py that I used. Those issues have been fixed and merged. um, So that was uh, taken care of. Um, after we found the issues Uh, and various other things I'm sure I'm forgetting. This week, uh, today is Library Monday. Um, So I'll be finishing fixing up the libs for to work with Circup. The monster mask guide that went up doesn't have a downloads page. So we need to do that and need to do a fritzing object for it. So we'll be doing that. Um, Then next is uh, starting the circuit playground blue fruit Bluetooth examples. Uh, we're going to do a color picker, a Bluetooth keyboard, and plotting temperature and light levels to the Bluefruit app. Uh, three separate examples and a guide page for each. Then after that, um, I'm doing a guide for our new Stemma speaker um, that you can just plug into a board uh, or, for example, audio or um, alligator clip it to the Circuit Playground Express and have an external speaker with very little effort and no soldering involved. And everything just works. Um, So we're going to do a quick guide for that. I'm going to be helping uh, Melissa with a guide on the new TFT gizmo. Continuing to sort out circuitpython.org. And I am out Friday because I am moving. So it's going to be a short week for me. um, A lot to do. But if uh, anybody needs anything, still feel free to ping me um, and... Uh, we can uh, deal with whatever we got to do as we go. And that is my status update. So, next up is Maker Melissa.
3: Hello. Okay, so last week I finished. Guide. Uh, I updated some boards on CircuitPython.org. I updated the color IO, dis- or color display IO, color TFT display IO examples and all associated learn guides. I worked on updating the SSD 1306 display IO example and some Learn Guide pages. And I fixed a couple of OLED CircuitPython um, Learn Guide Halloween M4 examples that were originally only written for the M0. Uh, and I added some missing pin aliases to the CircuitPython board definition for the Halloween M4. Uh, next week, I'm going to continue working on the SSD. 1306 OLED Learn Guide pages. I'm going to work with you, Katni, on the TFT Gizmo guide. And if time permits, I'll add some more boards blink.
0: Sounds good. All right, Mike's lurking. So next up is I Can you
4: hear me? Yep. yep. Ah, oh, great. Um, OK, so. Uh... Eight fruit related things today. Um, I did some work on the suckup tool. Uh, so it now works with um uh, .mpy. Um, based modules, so uh, this is the bytecode rather than regular Python um, in those modules. Um, that works fine, there's a whole bunch of unit tests. Uh, it works on my Linux laptop, so it works for me. <laughs> um, I need to check it on, uh, on my shonky Windows uh, laptop and uh, borrow my wife's uh, MacBook to check it's working on um, OS i uh, I'd love feedback if people want to um, take it for a drive and, and, and see what happens. That'd be good, um, it's unit tests and everything. Um, I fixed uh, the, uh, um, Melissa, your um, problem about uh, the hidden files and directories, subdirectories being processed. So that's now fixed. Um, and uh, Circuit will also check what version of CircuitPython you've got on the board. And if there's a newer version, it'll suggest that you update it. I've put the pull request uh, information um, for all that I've just mentioned. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, in the notes, feedback, welcome. At all other times, you said you want to know what else I've been doing. Um, so, code grades and new work. Uh, working on PiperCard with a whole bunch of kids in the evening um, on Friday evening, um, and they're having a lot of fun. They wrote some really cool adventure games for me uh, with with Piper Card. Uh, I've been writing some personal blog posts, and for the rest of this week is Pi Week. Um, so I'm going to be creating um, <laughs> a mist inspired adventure game uh, using Pi Picard. Uh, so Nicholas, can you link to your blog as well so we
2: can follow you? Hi. Uh,
4: you... you. Oops. Oh, just...
0: I wanted to know whether you could link to your blog yeah. as well. Um, all right, next up is Sedacious.
5: Uh, hey, so um, I actually also wanted to mention, Nick, uh, I heard you mention that you've written a bunch of unit tests for your uh tool. Um, unit tests are a very useful way of uh, testing code. Um, it's a. It can be a very structured way of doing it and uh, add a lot of things to a, a development workflow that I think the community would benefit from knowing more about. So if I could ask you to maybe share what you've done in some way, um, that would be super awesome. Um, I'm a unit test junkie, except I haven't written them in a long time. So anyways, so what have I been doing? I've been doing things. I tested Carter's FT232H Blink of PR um, again. Super cool. I, I just, I don't know, I get, I'm just crazy about this. I was able to use it to start um, tacking on a driver without having to plug in a circuit Python board, um, which you know is really pretty cool. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to see where that goes. Um, let's see, other words, I, other words, is that a word? I guess it is now. Um, I did a bunch of work on the MPU 6050 Arduino driver. Um, that's coming along. It's nearly done, so I'm going to get started on the Circuit Python driver this week as well. Uh, I also, over the weekend, was able to hack together a, um, a kind of initial Circuit Python driver for the APDS 9500 uh, gesture sensor. It's a gesture and proximity sensor. It's got like baked in capability of um, detecting, I think, nine different gesture types. Um, it's all like in the hardware. You have to do some tuning, but it's it's a really cool sensor. But it also is like, I don't. There's like over 100 registers. It's pretty crazy. So I was able to um, throw a script together that um, somewhat automatedly ported a Arduino driver over to CircuitPython by reading out a bunch of uh, register construction and what arguments are being passed to them and kind of uh, parsed it and chop it up into a bunch of uh, register statements um, and assignments. And so that did like the vast majority of the work for me. And then I was able to just do some um, minor plumbing here and there to make it work. And it did work. It was great. It was able to detect gestures. Now I have to actually have to make it be a real library, not just like a pile of statements. Um, So that was fun. That was was really cool. And I am hoping to do more kind of quasi-automation stuff like that in the future. Um, so what else did I do? Uh, that's basically it. I've also been working on my uh, Halloween costume. Um, I uh, I don't know. I, maybe it's just me, but I'm like one of those people that's always wanted to like do this amazing Halloween costume and never actually did it. So I'm actually trying to do it this year. Um, and I realize that I have to instate some project management. So I, I've, I'm going to try and set some deadlines for myself. Have a R&D kind of prototyping stage, and a, another stage of a couple weeks of you know, actually building a thing. And then if I'm smart and I don't get behind schedule, I'll leave a little bit of time at the end to actually like fix all the bugs and make, make it actually work before Halloween. Um, so yeah, that's, that's been on my mind a lot. I've got a bunch of stuff to play around with. That. Uh, let's see, what else am I doing this week? So, more hacking on the APDS 9500 uh, driver. going to work on the MPU 6050 driver as well. Um, I am probably going to be spinning up some new boards in Eagle. Um, I've got a couple of things um, I've been working on or had in the back of my mind to do. And there's also, you know, I've got a pile of data sheets and sensors waiting to be made into things. So, I'll be doing some of that. And um, I think that's it for me.
0: Excellent. So I have some notes in the document <clears throat> from people who are not in the meeting. So Summersoft says last week uh, with AdaBot finished days open metrics, standard and standard library, label library infrastructure check. With circuitpython.org, worked on the first iteration of moving the libraries.json to AWS, currently failing due to target path woes. With CircuitPython build tools, I got the community bundle building 98% correct using a by using package pre- prefix name. The 2% incorrect is an included docs slash conf.py. Ran through some models exercises of using pathlib instead of os.walk to gather package files. So far, using pathlib looks like it would be much cleaner and less hacky. I wrote the current os.walk code, and even I struggle to read it at times. This week, fixing libraries.json AWS target path issue, Python build tools, try next idea for community bundle, allow a list of package prefix name Instead of just one string, further path lab research and Core Docs module support matrix. Work on handling the dependent by default modules, e.g., Audio Core and Audio Mixer, are enabled by the value of Audio IO. Next up, Tammy makes things. Uh, says still wrapping up my move, so not much progress this week on stuff. But I have my home office and all my computers and monitors set up, so that's a win working on CircuitPython presentation and demo for Desert Pi user group, which will happen either this week or after October, depending on progress, and looking at the code for Ntool's circuit tool and have a few ideas for enhancements. And next up is Scott.
2: Hello. Um, I think it was on Wednesday for Show & Tell. I did the very first demo of the Glider app, um, but it was very fragile. I had to restart everything and run it once, and it wouldn't happen. <laughs> like, wouldn't be happy after that. Uh, so, but I got the CircuitPython Supervisor Bluetooth stuff basically recognizing disconnects and re-advertising uh, after that happened. So that's checked in there now. That's in a branch that's not in mainline yet. Um, I've got to add this week the ability to write a command back that says, like, mutate the file in this way and then restart your code.py. Um, so I'm planning on that. Uh, but the nice thing about getting the re-advertising going is that I can iterate on the app side, the mobile app side, without having to worry about like the circuit Python device. So it's been, been really nice. Actually. I just like plug in my feather NF NRF and just, it has this like blinky back and forth between two colors and it just, just runs and I can connect to it and I can load the file and I can mess around with all the app stuff that I'm doing, uh, based on that. So I'm, one thing I need to do that I haven't done yet is like stubbing out the BLE side so that you can prototype without actually connecting to a real device. But it's been quite reliable, so uh, that's been really, really cool and a uh, good proof of concept there. So I'll probably keep doing that, uh, at least in the short term. Um, for those of you who kind of missed the memo, it's pretty early, but I'm I'm working on a React Native based uh app for mobile phones or mobile devices so tablets included uh react native is really cool because it runs javascript on uh on the device itself and then under the under the hood of the javascript it interacts with all of the native um phone stuff so i it's been really great to get going i've showed it on the ipad on Friday, I got an Android phone, uh, the Pixel 3a, and I was working on Friday night to get that going. And and did get pretty far. There's some weird text input sizing issues that kind of breaks the illusion that it's just like a text editor. Uh, so I'm going to poke around that uh, at that today. Um, but basically, I use PyWrite, which does parsing analysis, to split like your code.py into lots of individual pieces so if there's like a number, say you have like timed out sleep, and there's a number inside of it, you type the, you tap the number, you'll get just like a numeric keyboard. You won't get like a full keyboard because we know it's a number and we know you're editing a number. So, um, really happy with how that that interaction feels at this point. So uh, this goal or this week, my goal is to kind of like finish the loop where i'm reading files and now i can edit them now i need to actually be able to write those edits back to the device and see it change so with my blinky between two uh, colors for example i need to be able to edit that number and see that the the tempo changes of, of flick flicking back and forth between colors so that's one of my main goals is to close that loop and then the other goal is to make that very limited very like don't wander too far off the main path. Otherwise, you'll go <laughs> into a swamp that will not be pleasant. Um, but making, getting the workflow of getting the very early versions of the, of Glider out to folks. So uh, if you're in this meeting and you're curious to see what that is and, and maybe contribute, uh, it is public. It's github.com slash adafruit slash uh, glider. Um, if you want to get all of the toolchain stuff going, I'm happy to help you get it going. It's very early. Um, but should be doable. Um, so if you're a JavaScript person, now's the time (laughs) could use your help. Um, and yeah, so reach out to me if you're interested in that. Um, it's very, very limited and there's a lot of things to handle. Like, like I'm, I'm taking a parse tree and I'm reproducing like what the code looks like based on the parse tree. So there's a lot of like, I don't handle if, if I don't have handle comments right now, so like that's one of the first things I'll take a look at. Um, so there's lot lots of work there, but it, my my goal has been to like incorporate the big pieces to make sure that they all will fit together and that that they're all doable. So making lots of progress there, which is awesome. Um, the other thing I got going on is uh, this week is PyCascade's call for presentations or proposals is closed on Monday next week, August f- or October first. So I have a few presentation ideas I want to pitch there, so I've got to write those up and submit those to the PyCascades. And then I also want to pitch basically the same things for PyCon, so I plan on kind of reusing that work that I'll do this week for that. And then I also heard from SuperCon and got accepted to speak there uh, about CircuitPython and the Game Boy, so expect to see uh, maybe in later uh, October, see a little bit more progress made on the Game Boy in prep for SuperCon in November. So that's it for me.
0: Excellent. Thanks, Scott.
6: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, I data is lurking. So next up is, oh, I'm sorry. Next up is TG Techie.
6: <laughs> wow, Scott, really awesome. And really, uh, you're in the dark. Um, and so this week, I have um, actually started to sit down and learn C, because I I skipped a couple classes in an embedded class in my College. Um, working with Atmel chips and we're working directly in, you know, so that's been like you can start to see how abstractions that are made in Python, not all of them, but just some of them are translated into um, like the hardware that we're playing with by playing around with the registers. Um, and I'm sorry, is this better? Um <clears throat> I've also been working on my how, how do I put this present project of a GUI and this time I re implemented it so that it's for so it can work with the display procedural writing to an SBI display, or it can work um, on top of Pythonista for a lap um, for an iPad mm-hmm. or on top of Pygame for laptops. And I've got it working on a Pi portal just some basics, and I'll post a video of that. And um, I'll be putting it up on GitHub soon under a um, open source license, of course. And um, yeah.
0: Excellent. All right. Now we are uh, up to anecdata lurking. And uh, next up is Brent.
7: Hello. Last week, I wrapped up the ATEC 608 breakout work for CircuitPython. Um, if you have one of these chips, you can generate your certificate signer request, or you can also perform other neat cryptographic utilities. Um, there actually is a footprint of it on the most of the boards that we ship, the Itsy breakout, um, the airlift featherwing, and the airlift shield. So if you purchase the, board, um, the chip directly from DigiKey, you should be able to solder it right on and start playing with it. Um, we don't stock the chip only, I think, right now. And I've been working on non-Circuit Python projects since then. And that's it.
0: All right. Thanks, Brent. Next up is Carter.
8: Yeah, just uh, a guide for the FT232H stuff Did let everyone know how to go through the painful setup. And then once you're set up, you're good to go.
0: All right. Excellent. Sea Grover is lurking. So next up is Dan.
9: Okay, so as I mentioned, I was on vacation for a while, so I don't have a lot to report of progress since then. But um, I'm going back to working on BLE bonding. And also, uh, over the weekend, I was working on um, trying to get uh, the um, XAC, the Xbox Adaptive Controller, working with a circuit playground as a simulated gamepad joystick thing and it's not working for confusing reasons. It may or may not have to do with our switching to tiny USB in CircuitPython 4. so we need to debug that further.
8: Okay. That's
0: All it. All right. Excellent. Thank you. Next up is Dave Brachetti.
8: Hello again. First off, can you hear this? Mm-hmm. OK, so this is called tilting arpeggios. This is an example circuit uh, Python CPX program. And I'm tilting it, so it's using the accelerometer to find which part of the arpeggio to play. And then I can change keys with the A button. So now it's going to go up and forth. And it has a couple different types of arpeggios it'll play. It'll do this dominant. Uh, that it's doing now, and it'll also do um, blues arpeggios. So um, I've got a link if uh, folks are interested. And um, I have a question about it. I wonder if I can detect a button press while a tone is playing. I suspect the answer is no. I couldn't find anything about threading. Maybe someone has a quick suggestion.
2: Do we have Uh, start tone? Or is that only start file?
0: No, we have start tone and stop tone.
8: Perfect. That's probably exactly what I need. Thank you.
0: Yep.
2: Couldn't remember.
0: Yep. Start tone, stop tone. Uh, play tone actually uses them. Um. So, excellent. Alright, uh, next up is Dashipu.
10: Okay, so basically uh, just more work on the PewPew Pew M4. I have a prototype number six now, where I'm uh, experimenting with laser cutting the button caps for, for, the, for the, all the buttons. I have a photo here. Yeah. So basically the idea is to have the D pad and the fire buttons, uh, cut out of the same, uh, uh, acrylic material that the case is off of off. So, so then it's, uh, like one part for everything. I still have some problems with it. it's. It's basically too high. So I will have to try with a different, uh, tactile switches, but, uh, I, I like that direction. So, uh, I'm pretty happy with how it goes, and the uh, next prototype probably will be much better.
0: All right, looks amazing. Um, next up, Don K is working. Next up is Higher Effect. Um, so,
11: this past week, I was just working on module support for the STM32. Uh, so, we, I'm not sure if we. Um, I'm not sure if we'd wrapped up on the uh, analog io last week but we, we have that done as well as support as full pin selection that you can use as we see on for a pair of pins you'd like the, uh, um and uh also introducing some minor additions for other library related modules so that you can use more of the traditional circuit python library um, on STM32 screens or anything else that's using SQL so uh, we've got a little bit more support there. If you're interested in checking it out, um, STM32 boards. I'll be working on getting uh, some more boards added to the STM32 library or uh, STM32 uh, to support the F405, the F407. Um, and uh, anything else I can find that's using the uh, F11 and F12. And uh, progress on that, but I'm running into some issues that might be uh conflict just between Icon, like the setup of boards and the way that we set up our board. Um, so uh, we'll, see. we'll see how that goes, but hopefully we'll have uh, many more boards for people to play with. Uh, to the
0: end of the week. Excellent. Thank you. Next up is Jerry.
8: Uh, hello. Um, uh, deep in the North Main Woods, off grid, and having a great time seeing some early fall foliage. So it was a nice break. And um, so really nothing, nothing special to report from last week and plans for this week are just to get my head together and try Focus on, on, on a few things rather than all the different toys they have to play with.
0: Understood. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Jerry. Yeah. And that is status updates. Next up is In the Weeds. Um, In the Weeds is an opportunity to have more long form discussions, um, questions that you may have um, that. Uh, didn't really make sense in status updates, uh, topics you want to discuss. If you come up with any topics, please add them to the notes or post them in the CircuitPython chat channel so we can uh, keep moving along and not wait uh, for um, concepts to come up. So uh, we already have one added. Um, So with that, I will hand it over to Effect to talk about uh, his topic.
11: Um, Yeah, so this this may or may not be something that is is, uh, solvable here, but I was just wondering if anybody uh, into MicroPython um, might know anything about uh, a STM32 feature called uh, core-coupled RAM. Uh, So far, every board that I have that supports core-coupled RAM is booting into core-coupled RAM uh, and not RAM no matter what my linker says. And uh, I was just wondering what might be up with that. If anybody knows, and if nobody knows, then.
2: So is it getting out of the bootloader?
11: Um, I erased all the flash. So is, is the bootloader, like I'm a little behind on my bootloader tech here. So it's I, like, b- boot I believe
2: the, S- the, e- the STM chips have ROM bootloaders,
11: I believe. Um, bootloaders. okay. Yeah, so you won't so maybe, you won't
2: be able to erase their like the one they ship with, which is one of the main reasons uh, I think people pick them is because you basically can't brick it because you can't erase their bootloader. Okay. So
11: would this be? So wait, is this the? This isn't the STM. Just because this doesn't normally happen to me on other on what I'm normally using in STM32. This is just for the, the MicroPython boards because I'm, I'm encountering it. I'm actually using the same linker file um, on, on um, or at least I'm using the same mm-hmm. settings. Right. So,
2: but is it ever getting to your code? So okay.
11: I guess I won't keep the culprit in, in terms of
2: I, I know on the STM the Go. first thing it goes into is the reset handler. Um, if you can set a breakpoint in the reset handler, then you could figure out if it's actually getting to you at
11: all. Um, I know from my debugger that I'm that I, I I'm from I'm in the reset handler, and then if I if I start the program, and I immediately move to the uh, core coupled RAM. Hmm. And, you know, a different starting location, and I can view the memory there, and I see that there's a bunch of stuff in the core couple RAM despite their instructions to, to go there. Hmm. Um, just not sure, like if there, I'm just not sure what other files I've got. I've got the linker file, I've got my startup file. Um, you know, where else one would specify to move to a new memory
10: location?
2: Yeah, that seems places? weird. And you're you're gauging you're in CC RAM by the backtrace that you're getting from the. Uh,
11: I am. I can see my. You know, GDB just tells me where in memory I am. Right. I can see that. Um, the. Uh, I'm not sure how to like say this. <laughs> say say big hex numbers, but. The, right. the CC-RAM has a different location in memory than the RAM. Right. Um, you know, one and seven there, two and seven there. Um, And I can see that that's where I'm located, is at the upper edge of the CC-RAM. Right. Uh, and then when I when I run a memory, uh, kind of a, a view memory, I can see that there's a bunch of, of stuff in there that it's trying to iterate through.
2: But it doesn't so, work. Because it, it might be that it's just a cache. And it's okay that your program counter is actually in CC-RAM?
11: Normally, if you want to use the CC-RAM, there's just, there's. It's transparent. you using it, you know, where you, where you, you go into the linker file and you define it and you define all the, the different points for it. And then you, you move stuff there and it's, you know, there's a, there's a process for putting stuff in CC-RAM that I just haven't. And so, without having done it, I'm not really sure why it's there anyway. Um, I I, I guess, uh, I don't know. I was hoping that this would be like some easy, easy thing that was like, oh, yes, that always happens to me with MicroPython, but esoteric and need more research.
9: So, have you looked at, like, the linker scripts for MicroPython and compared them?
11: Yeah, yeah. I mean, mine's mine's almost identical to the one that that okay. MicroPython uses.
9: And this does uh, does this not happen on the four twelve, but it does happen on the four hundred seven.
11: The four hundred five and four oh sevens are the are are have CC RAM. Twelve and the F eleven four eleven do not.
9: None of the, the kind of okay, what they call so the,
11: the I, I, boards does have that.
9: I looked in. I just looked in the MicroPython issues and PRs, and CC RAM is never mentioned. And I found like one interesting thing, which is sort of the opposite of what you're talking about, which is in the F- MicroPython forum. And I posted that in the channel. But you could look at that, but I'm not sure that it would tell you anything. But
11: right. I don't so know why is why is CC RAM not? Yeah. So this is this is what I would expect. Uh, where it's like most of the time people just don't use the CC-RAM at all. It's just this extra thing that you can use for caching if you want to.
7: Yeah, yeah. Um,
11: I mean, you know, originally I didn't even have it defined. Like it wasn't even in my, my laser table, uh, but yet it is still moving there.
9: So, I mean, if you, I think if you're really stuck, you might just ask in the MicroPython forum that you may or may not get any hints from the people there, but since those people use the pi board all the time. Um,
2: yeah, you could, yeah, I would probably step us. from the reset handler as
4: well. Yeah.
11: Um, I I tried stepping from the reset handle. It doesn't like it when I do that. Maybe that's just my, my GDB foo isn't where it needs to be.
2: One other trick is it, it's an M, Cortex M4, right?
11: Uh, it is
2: a cortex m The other trick that I play if I want to just know where it gets is you can do an inline breakpoint in the code mm. and like basically you know binary search to figure out where you're ending up. Mm. Uh, because it, even though like you haven't set the breakpoint from GDB, it'll still trap and stop. So if you just like add that anywhere in your code, yeah. It's yeah. actually really handy for like doing conditional breakpoints within just the code you just say like if these things are true then break it's really nice interesting
11: i'll i'll give that a shot because i did notice that there was at one point like normally what happens if my code but is not quite there is that uh usb will connect and then it'll make my bluetooth headphones screw up so that's usually a a a message when my music starts to get all choppy that's a message that I'm on the way and that actually did happen so I'm wondering uh, it may be trying to actually load the whole program the CC RAM uh, and then it's actually executing out of there but
2: um, I would kind of expect like you just have the wrong value somewhere and you're jumping to the wrong place
11: yeah that's I mean that's certainly what it, it seems like just, yeah i'm just i'm very confused as how it got there because it's like i don't i don't even talk about this right
2: and then the other thing for usb that i do is like i i get a usb cable with a switch on the data lines so if mm-hmm. you do end up broken and your music starts chopping like that happens to me too like i'll turn the data lines off and basically the board is still powered but it's disconnected from the usb bus Right. Uh, right. Really or
11: right. I can just use my phone. That's that's normally when I switch it. Uh, when I'm doing USB. <laughs> well, it's, it's, I have uh,
2: I have problems if it's like my keyboard and mouse stop working.
11: <laughs> oh yeah, that that that's true. I uh, I haven't had that come up, thank goodness.
2: Yeah. Yeah, let but, me uh, let me know if you don't figure it out today and I can take a look tomorrow.
11: Okay. Great. Thanks very much.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, All right. Excellent. So, no more in the weeds topics, so I think it is time to wrap up. This has been the Circuit Python Weekly for September 23rd, 2019. Um, we're here every week. Uh, you can check out the video for this on YouTube, um, most of it anyway. Uh, and the notes document is available with timestamps um, that will be uh, available so you can scan through that and just go to the um, spots that you would rather watch um, if you don't want to sit through the whole thing and uh, check it out on podcasts as well. So this has been the Circuit Python Weekly. Um, thanks to everyone who showed up and um, we will see you again next week. Thanks everyone.
11: Bye everybody. Bye.